What's going on, guys? What's going on, Texas track that is in the building? Today, we got a good show today, guys. We're going to talk some hurdles. We're going to talk some sprints. We're going to talk to the founder of Hurdlenomics, Coach Devin Knowles. We're going to bring him in here in a second. But, guys, before we do, want to give a shout-out to my guys over there at Trackborn. If you're looking for equipment, if you're looking for apparel, if you're looking for any anything dealing with track and field, Holler at my guys over there at Track Boy. He'll definitely get you hooked up. All right. Let's bring in my guy here. What's going on, coach? How you doing today? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Just got back from regionals and yeah, to be able to take some time to sit down with you. Hey, hey, hey like hey, I, I appreciate you coming on the show. Hey, like I like we was talking earlier, hey. It's a stressful times for both of us right now. It is. It is. Yes, sir. It yeah, is. It's, it's championship season, man. Um, and hey, do you want to shout out some of your athletes before we get started on the show? Oh, man. Yeah, I uh, want to shout out the whole Hurdlenomics crew, even uh, the athletes that I just kind of help out from uh, time and time. Of course, one of my seniors, DeAndre Johnson, who has had an amazing season. Uh, and, and my younger kids, too, Kelly, Megan, Teresa, everybody, you know. I hope y'all are tuning in, and let's keep working. Yeah, that's what's up. Hey, hey guys, y'all can follow y'all can follow Coach on Instagram, Facebook. Go go to that search bar. You can put in the hurdle numics, and then pull it up, and y'all just hit that like, follow button, whatever you need to do. We're going to talk to Coach. Hey, Coach, why don't you tell us a little bit about, about yourself? Um, tell us what you do. Um what you got going on over there? Man, well, uh, <laughs> Coach Noel, I'm out here in uh, Humble, Texas, north of Houston, uh, by way of Memphis, Tennessee, born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, went to uh, Arkansas State University in Jonesboro, Arkansas, where I, ran, where I specialized in the 400 hurdles and the open 400. Uh, moved down here to Houston and just wanted to take the opportunity to really um, help out kids from neighborhoods that, like I came from and kids who just wanted to take their track, their track career and their abilities to the next level, found a few uh, athletes and just been rolling with them. You know, um, of course the brand is Hurdlenomics. I do have some um, athletes who are not hurdlers uh, just because it's all about hurdle and speed training. That, that's what's up. So you, you down there in H-Town, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you, you don't be tell your athletes go eat Frenchies or nothing after practice, do you? You know what? If we see each other, we don't see each other. You know what I mean? Because um, <laughs> my friend was telling me about it. Hey, that, that's that's some good chicken. That's some good oh. chicken. Oh yeah. I was reading your bio. Okay. Um, and I seen in there you put um the law of hurling. So what is that? Explain that to me. What what, what is that? Well, the the whole name Hurdlenomics just came from me just really sitting down and figured out what I what I wanted to do with my brand when it came to uh, hurdle training. I have been training um, a few hurdlers just under my name. You know what I mean? And um, I had the I had the privilege of I always say I get most of my hurdlers I get them from the mud, meaning. Mm-hmm. They've never touched a hurdle before or haven't had much training in it. And 
developing hurdlers that way. It's all about teaching them from ground zero, the law of hurdling, what it takes. When we think of law, it's very black and white, plain and simple, you know, and uh, that's the same thing I, where I wanted to approach hurdling. This is the way this is the way we do it. We, we follow these steps. We go through these uh, transitions. And at the end of at the end of the process, at the end of it, we should have a good a good product. This this is one of my favorite questions I'm about to ask you. Um, I, I asked Coach Dabs when I had him on here. Okay. Um, yeah, I know Coach Dabs. Yeah, that, that's my guy right there. That guy oh, yeah. is amazing. Um, so, in your opinion, um, do you have to be a sprinter first before a hurdler, or a hurdler first, then you incorporate the speed training and all that? I think it's the foundation of hurdling is speed. I tell all my hurdlers, um, we win the race on the track. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So if I can find a hurdler that already has that uh, those good speed mechanics, good speed, good 100-meter time, 200-meter time, even 400 when I'm developing my longer hurdlers, mm-hmm. if I can find somebody who already has the speed and the running part down pat, and all I have to do is teach you how to hurdle, then that's just that makes my job easier and it makes your process easier. Now that's not to say that if I have a hurdler who is not a top-notch sprinter, that's not to say they can't hurdle. You know what I mean? Like I've yeah, yeah. I've dealt I've dealt with hurdlers where they they quickly, quickly caught on to the technique and fundamentals of hurdling. But we had to we had to sprint. We had to figure out how to sprint with it and put it together. Um, so in my opinion, it's a lot easier on both people to do it if you got someone who already has this speed. But uh, anything is possible with the right athlete. Man, a prime example of that, you know, I know you know Simone Ballard. I do. I just I just seen her Ooh. go crazy in the, um, oh. in the 300 hurdles, man. Oh man, I man, I had a chance to see her down there at Texas Relays, and uh, mm-hmm. man, she's a beast on the hurdles and the sprints. Uh, she is. I think she, uh, I believe she won the TCU, the TSU relays. Right, that. broke the I state think she record. She won hundred, right? She broke the, the state record in the three hundred hurdles. Yeah, the three hundred hurdles, and I think she also won that hundred in the finals. I think. I believe but, so. Hey, she man, guys, if you listen, if you can ever go watch Simone Ballard. Hey, she gonna put on the show. Uh, I guarantee you that. Yeah, and man, she and she has a she has an amazing coach too. Um, yeah, and, and Coach Marlin, he's really done. He's really done a very good a very good job with her and all the other athletes that uh, that he coaches as well. I t- hey, Baylor straight winning right now. Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, that's where I'm, she I'm sure that I'm sure that coach sitting back and just <laughs> watching right now. He did He's his like, job. Yeah, really. So, do you? Uh, I had a show a while back where I was talking to Coach Wickard, um, Ryan, uh, Arthur's, he's the author of Speed Copedium. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about the sprinter's DNA. Do you think right. it's a such thing, or do you think um, anybody can be developed into a, into a sprinter? Or genetics I, got something to do with it? <laughs> I believe in <laughs> genetics. I do. Yeah. I do believe in genetics, but I don't think it's the end all be all. Uh, I have athletes who come from sprinter backgrounds and 
things just come easy to them. Mm-hmm. And then I have athletes, one of my athletes now who just um, finished running in uh, regionals doesn't come from a, a, a track background at all, but he will outwork anybody that steps on the track. So mm-hmm. a little, uh, just a little ability with hard work cause can still get you far away if it's the right type of work. Yeah. 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 And I, and, and uh, as far as what I think, which really don't matter, I'm just taking track <laughs> that. <laughs> but I, I do think genetic genetics play a huge part of it, you know, and to incorporate the, the training and, you know, experience coaching. That's how they pretty much ex- excel because you can have right. good genetics. You can have bad, bad technique, too. You see yeah. what I'm saying? And when you start running against people with good, good technique, it can be a problem. Um, I know a championship season. Um, so in these meets that's coming up, is it more important to PR in the meet or advance, get a medal, go to the next round? What you think, coach? So we're talking about championship season. Yeah, just, just like regionals and everything that's going on oh, right man. now. Championship season, it's all about moving on. You know, if I'm talking about my regular season, then my answer changes. My regular season is about PR and and competing against yourself and beating yourself in the regular season. And then the medals will come. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. right now in the uh, in this championship season, if I don't PR, but I qualify for the next round, I can live with that. Opposed to PR and then I don't qualify because the name of the game is to move on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I got to agree with you. Uh, yeah. I think because um, you're trying, we're trying to get to the to doing school. We're trying to get to state, right? And, you know, summer we trying. You know, we got JOs and everything else going on. But during the high school season, you got area district and all those. Yeah, I think it's. Don't get me wrong. You run hard. You do what you got to do. But it's more important. You, you got to get there. You got to get to that next round. Yeah. Then when then you when you get to that state, hey, it, you know how it goes. Anything can happen there. You're, you're exactly yeah. right, coach. I agree with you. Yeah. We are. We all, all even as a, even as an athlete, we all have our droughts when it comes to PR. You get what I mean? You can't guarantee yourself a PR. You always you're yeah. always going to shoot for that. But at the end of the day, we're competitors. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm trying to compete, and I want to compete as long as I can. And if I can yeah. get past um, the regional round, but I don't have a PR, I can I can live with that. Yeah, yeah. Let, let me ask you this, Coach. So do you, like, you when you're coaching your kids, do, do, do like, a little sign, signal go off of this kid. He, he about to PR this next meet. He about to PR this next, this next meet. Do you get a feel for that, or – yeah. What you think? No, I do. I do get a feel and not even just from practice. Sometimes if and a lot of things I take from my own personal experiences, mm-hmm. if I get a kid where I know he been he or she has been working super hard at practice and doing everything they need to do. And we go to a track meet and they just bomb it, meaning it's just a bad race. I, I kind of know in the back of my mind some some special coming. You yeah. hear what I mean? Uh-huh. Or, because obviously that's that's a, that's not something common to have a bad race for that person. So we just go backwards one day. I just I kind of have in the back of my mind, and I'm like, okay, we got a PR coming pretty soon. It can't be yeah, bad yeah. for long. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, let me ask you, what was your most surprising PR from one of your I know we we didn't I didn't talk to you about this question, but what what was your most surprising PR for one of your athletes? Um uh, man, definitely uh DeAndre Johnson. Man, I'm a um, and if you don't mind, I'm I'm a brag on him a little Go bit. Ahead. Go ahead. Go he, ahead. Uh, he came to me his junior year of high school. Uh-huh. He was a junior and he was running on the JV team. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a little work together at towards the end of his season. And we end, when he ended the season, he was like, he told me, he said, Coach, I just don't want to lose anymore. Like, I want to have fun. I want to enjoy the sport, but I want to be able to compete. And I told him, I said, if you, you work with me and you give me everything you got, I promise you your senior season will be the best season you've ever had. Uh, and man, we from August 1st up until today, we've uh-huh. been at the track four times a week, every week from August 1st of 2021 to today. Uh-huh. And, uh, this year he ran a 1485 in the 110 hurdles. And, uh, and like I said, there's some kids who's, who are running a lot faster than that. And they've earned those times. But last year he ran 1672. So he went from a 1672 to a 1485 in one year. He also PR'd in his 300 hurdles, uh, went from running 447 to Mm -hmm. 389 in the 300 hurdles. Uh, So that's that's a kid that I'm forever proud of and uh, bragging about because he is a true example of what putting your head down and grinding would do for you. I'll tell you what, Coach, it's all about progression. You know, we always say you got to trust the process, you know. It's not always gold medals from the beginning, you know. They, they got to work their way up, you know, and they and they keep working, man. I'm telling you, it's, anything could happen. And we need, you know, more coaches like you. There's a lot of good coaches out there, man, and they take those kids in and they build them up from the bottom all the way up. You know, yeah. and we and I just want to say thank you to all coaches that are doing that. I mean, it's a lot of kids that need that. And they they need that encouragement, man. Of course. And I'm telling you, when he hit that big PR, you're going to be the first one. He or she going to be you're going to be the first one they're going to be running to. I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you. Um, so as far as high school, do you think it's more important to run faster your freshman, sophomore year or your later years like your junior, senior year? I think both are equally important personally. Uh, it's all about foundation. You know what I mean? Mm, Especially yeah. if you know you want to run on that next level. Uh, running fast your freshman and sophomore years is great to get on some of these coaches' radars and, uh, and give them a chance to kind of build their board around you and have you as one of their athletes to look out for. Mm-hmm. But um, – like I tell all my kids, the the big word in track and field is consistency. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We gotta you go, these coaches, they love to see you running these fast times, a fast PR, but they want to see can he cons- can he or she consistently hit these marks or hit somewhere around those marks? Because college mm-hmm. season is a long season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I like I said, I definitely think it's it's important to run early on. But uh, running later, like you're you're ju- running fast, your junior senior year can mm-hmm. still that can open some doors up for you. 
Uh, I see kids like that all the time now. I, there was a young lady today ran pretty fast, and uh, I know she doesn't have a, a college home to go to. I text a friend of mine and say, hey, boom, 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 how does it sound to you? And he was like, oh, that's a great fit. Have her parents contact me today. Ooh, you know, and yeah, it's yeah. just an any given day type of sport. Yeah, that um, being consistent, man, that's, that, that's a thing. So as a coach, um, what's a consistent range? Just say you got a um, an eleven five girl. Uh, is a, a good range. Um, eleven, she's not gonna go eleven five every time, right? Um, so eleven five to like eleven nine or eleven eight. Yeah. Would, would that be? You if think I, that's a good range? And in my in my personal opinion, if I have a if I if I'm looking at eleven five girl and I want her to be consistent. I mm-hmm. want her to, if she can consistently hit sub 12, she's hitting sub 12s consistently. Every now and again, that 11.9 might pop up, but she's consistent around 11.5 sub sub 12 time. I think uh-huh. that's that's a good range for her. I have a 200 runner, Alayla uh, uh-huh. Jones, and she's uh-huh. a junior, and she runs some pretty good times, and uh, she's been primarily doing the 200 this year for her high school. Is she a she's a senior coach. She's a junior. A junior, okay. She's yeah, a junior. she's a junior, okay. and she's she's consistently hitting around. Uh, she's consistent around a twenty four seven twenty five zero type okay. of range, you know. Okay. Uh, but she also she this is also a young lady who runs fifty seven one in the um fifty seven one in the four hundred. Uh, she's ran eleven ninety eight in the uh in the open one hundred as well. Okay. And for the coaches um, that's watching, if you if you want more information on some of these um, athletes he's he's mentioning, um, you can go on Instagram, go to Facebook, put in the hurdle numics, and y'all can send him a, a direct message. If you can't find it, uh, send me a message and I'll get it over to him. Yeah, man. You, uh, know, I got, you know I got to plug my people. <laughs> hey, you got to. Hey, that's what. Hey, that's what. That's what. I, that's why I'm here for. Hey, get that word out. All right. Um, so is it do you think it's important for um the trainers and it do you think it's important for the trainers to work? I want to say trainers and summer coaches because sometimes they go hand in hand, um, to work with the high school coach doing a high school season or build some type of relationship. I just said they got an elite athlete at the high school. Do you think it's important for those two to have a some type of relationship so they can know what's going on with the athlete. Yeah, I, I think I think there's a lot of things that play into that. There there should be there should be some sense of being cordial and some sort of communication every now and again. Because a lot of times you get these, uh, especially during the school season, the athletes. Of course, they're going to practice at the school, but they may reach out to their their private coach as far as just some detailed work. And things of that nature. Uh, it's up to it's it's to me. It's the private coach's uh, responsibility. So in this instance, it's my responsibility to that. What if an athlete comes out to me? The first thing I'm asking is, "What did you do at school today? What was your mm-hmm. practice at school?" So I'm not going against what they're what they're doing. You get what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. At the, at the end of the day, sometimes you want to you want to try to avoid egos and things of that nature, but that happens sometimes. 
Uh, I just think the biggest thing is just uh, a respect between between both coaches. Because at yeah. the end of the day, we all we all just try, we're just trying to help the the athletes. Yeah. yeah. And it, you made a good point. That's 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 who it's all about. You know, it's about the athlete, and and you know, I think it's it, you know it's important. You know, uh, because when that when that kid leave um, high school track, they go straight to summer track. You know, right. And if, if someone done right, I'm pretty sure the summer coach go. They gonna be pretty heated about it. In same way, you know what I'm saying. When they yeah. when they start high school track, if something ain't right with that lead, they gonna be asking questions. So, of course, and and there's just a uh, at the end of the day, like I say, it's all about respect. Yeah, like I yeah. have a I have a coach who uh, he he has a a very good program here in in um, in Ombo, and he had, he's the the girls coach. He has mm-hmm. a very good program and. He's a good coach, and at their at his under his program, he believes in doing the double knee start for the hundred, where they put both knees on the ground. Right. Uh-huh. I personally do not teach that method, but uh-huh. if I get an athlete from that program, I know that's what he's doing. I'm not going to tell them no, don't do it that way. You yeah, get what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. my it's my responsibility to respect respect what he does with his team, and be able to adapt and be able to learn myself of, okay, how do I still help this athlete doing a start that's a little different from the way that I teach it? So it's like, it's, it all comes down to respect and just uh, understanding the ultimate goal at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I said, I agree with you. That, that relationship has, to, it has to definitely be there, you know, um, win gauges. <laughs> That's always a hot topic. It Shout is. out to my guy, Coach Wigger. Because <laughs> um, you run a fast time, you're going to want to know if it's a win game there. Right. Um, uh, not all track meets have them. Do you think it's important? Do you? What do you think um, win games should be needed? I think it's important. Um, I understand that win gauges is kind of similar to the FAT. Every school yeah. isn't going to have it at every meet. It's just one of the things that you just – we can't get around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do I do agree with the importance of them because these coaches, um, the coaches that I speak to in my network, uh, they want to know, okay, yeah, they ran this fast time, but was it legal? You get what I mean? Because uh, yeah, at yeah. the end of the day, these coaches don't want to be catfished, man. And- yeah, 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 <laughs> but- yeah, I get it. But then again, that goes back to consistency. Uh-huh. Because if you're running consistent times, we're gonna see it because you're gonna hit some 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 legal legal wins. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, like me personally, um, I think you need to have at least a couple meets, uh, at least one meet with a win gauge before right. you get to you know district and area and all that. You know, uh, yeah. at least one so they can at least see it. You know. Yeah, yeah, you need yeah. it. It'll it, 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 it'll it'll humble you as an athlete. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you need you need you need to know that. But I mm. see a lot of these track meets. They're like here. They're having FAT at every meet now. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's a way to market the meet. It's a way to be competitive, and even as a city, to always be able to showcase what the athletes in your city are doing and what type of times they're running. Uh huh. But do you, you do you think that 
just say we kick it over to summer track. Um, okay. So we have all those beats before the association and everything else, you know, lead up to JOs. Do you think all those beats need to have fat clock or what do you think? Man, you're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I can't edit because it's live. So <laughs> Right. <laughs> no, you know what? Yeah. The thing about summer track is you have thousands of kids out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I would be a fan to see how does it look if you only had the FAT for the older age group. So like 13 yeah. and up at yeah. the regular meets. You get what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. we go to the, some of these track meets and for the primary kids, eight and under, you might have 80 heats of boys. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. it's yeah. all FAT times. And it's like, Come on, man. They're eight, you know. And I know some people's. I know some people may may give me a bad look for that. And I understand. Like I have some primary kids running, and uh-huh. it's competitive and it's fun to watch. But I'm just thinking, as far as I know, some parents who have opted out of summer track simply just because of the 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 way the track meets are ran sometimes. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Hey. Hey, that's summer track, man. It's brutal. Man, it's <laughs> it's not for the week. Hey, it, hey, it'd be a lot going <laughs> on on it. <laughs> it's not for the week, but it's but it's so fun watching these yeah, uh, yeah. these younger kids. And I, man, if you don't mind, I would like to uh, oh, shout out go ahead. Go ahead. Go Team Beast Mode, uh, a team that I've helped out with, and I've been an assistant coach with a little bit for a little bit now. Uh, amazing program. That's uh, Coach. Roderick Boyd and Coach Stephanie Merritt over there doing a great job with that team. And, uh, yeah, why, that's a young team. Watching them, it's, it's fun, man. They have so much passion and fight getting around the track. Yeah. Man, hey, shout out to Beastmo. Hey, y'all keep up the good work out there for sure. Yeah, thank hey, you. Hey, what's their, what's their colors? Is it green? So, Beastmo, yeah, it's like the highlighter green. I know you told about Yeah, I know exactly you, what you're um, talking about. I think you interviewed Caleb Murray. Who won JOs last year? Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. He's he's one of Beast Mode's. Nice, nice, nice. Hey, Beast Mode, y'all keep it up. Y'all keep it up. Um, when should athletes focus on recruitment, and what advice uh, can you give the athletes and the parents on recruitment? I think uh, athletes should always focus on recruiting because that just comes into thinking about your future. Uh, so I think they should always have that on their mind, have goals that you set for yourself that, you know, will help you when it's time to when it's time to be heavily recruited and you can go into uh, go on these visits and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think my my biggest advice for, to athletes on the recruiting process is to do your research, do your research, look at these programs if you're a hurdler, look to see what type of hurdlers that they're producing. What are the hurdlers in their program doing as far as times and championship season? Uh, and also, um, athletes, man, I'll tell y'all, be selfish. When you go to college, it's it's, a, it's four years. And it's four long years that go by quick. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so be selfish and know, know what you think is best for you. And do that, regardless of what your coach may say, I may say, be selfish, 
think about it, do your research and make the best decision, make the best decision for you. When you go on these visits, talk to the team, talk to the coaches and just understand that this is going to be your new home for four years. Um, my biggest advice to the parents would be to uh, just understand that every big name school isn't the only school with a track team. You know, I know we want to go to the to to the big SEC schools and uh, big D one schools, but at the end of the day, if the goal is to run on a collegiate level and not be done with track after high school, uh, be open-minded. Yep, yep. Hey, you, you're exactly right. I'm glad you brought that up too. Because uh, when you ask a kid where they want to go is Texas, LSU, mm-hmm. a <laughs> you know, it's, you You might not get that shot right off top. You right. Know, you, you might have to go somewhere else, put in some more work. Yeah. Then, then you, you might be able to get in there, you know. Right. But always keep your uh, keep your options. You know, you got you got to keep them open. You got right. You got to keep them open. You know, because uh, there's some good coaches at these. Uh, you know, D two schools. It's some good coaches there. You know, and you know you're trying to get to the next level. Some coaches they can get you right. They can get you right. Um, you're really about to get in trouble for this question, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to. Hey, I might get some emails tomorrow. On this one. Uh, should elite fre- should elite freshman sprinters and hurdlers be put on relays their freshman year at high school? Oh, all relays. All right, that's it, folks. We out of here for the day. <laughs> Man, should they be loaded up on relays and they your fastest look. kid on the team, coach? Look, look, man. Let me- <laughs> Let me tell you this. So, no. So, I'm not from Texas, right? Uh-huh. I'm not from here. I didn't do my, my high school track here. Um, and Texas is a relay state, meaning relays are double the points. Yeah. So, from a strategic, I want to win as a team standpoint, I understand coaches loading up on relays. I do. Mm-hmm. However... I don't know many coaches that are recruiting people without any open times. And I know you just said a freshman, but I'm sure you know we get it from upperclassmen too. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so I believe if a kid is if a kid is fast enough and talented enough to hold their own, to hold their own on a, on an open race then they should be running their race. Now, uh, I understand you may have uh, juniors and seniors holding that spot, but track is a in, it's a semi-individual sport. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. end of the day, I think if if my if I have a son, well, I do have a son, not if I have a son. <laughs> <laughs> when my son gets yeah. old enough to run track, and hopefully, hopefully he does want to run track and hurdle, uh-huh. Um, if he if he goes into his freshman year and he comes in being able to run with the varsity hurdlers, I want him to hurdle. It's, it's why you stick it, why you hiding them on just relays. Let him mm-hmm. get his reps in, get his exposure. Um, mm-hmm. But from a coach, from a coach trying to strictly 
win as a team and get a team championship, you know, I I understand your logic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm with you on that because the more um, the, the more big beats you win and then you go to state, you win. Just say you win state, they bring more attention to school, which brings more athletes to the school. I definitely get it, you know. Um, with some of those kids I've been seeing on those relays, coach, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, <laughs> you know? I mean, I, yeah, I feel like it does that. Sometimes I feel like it does that that kid a disservice. Yeah, you know, yeah. like because you get on the relay. What if they're on this relay, and the relay doesn't move on or doesn't mm-hmm. qualify? Because yeah. relays are dangerous. Anything can happen. You yeah. get what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they could have been in their open race and qualified for the next yeah. round. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a tough one right there. That's a tough one. Uh, what does it take to be a good hurdler? Do you have to be flexible or coordinated or what you think, Coach? Uh, I think to be a good excuse me. I think to be a good hurdler, it definitely takes uh, skills and characteristics such as flexibility good core uh, it takes speed it takes someone who is not afraid to be aggressive and i say that because like i tell all my hurdlers we're doing something that our mind does not agree with if mm-hmm. someone tells you right now to run into a wall fast as you can when you get about six feet away from that wall Mentally and physically, you're going to start to slow down because you're bra- you're bracing for that barrier. Yeah. But as a hurdler, I'm asking you run as fast as you can, and when you get about six feet away, I want you to hurdle. You know, so I always tell my athletes we can't we can't we can't hurdle with fear. So um, so it takes all that, and for just me as a coach, I definitely think it takes rhythm. I teach hurdling. I teach hurdling like it's a dance, you know, yeah. uh, uh-huh. that's how I teach it. Um, I do a lot of rhythmic drills and just kind of getting a nice pattern and understanding uh, the rhythm of hurdling. Because when you can hear your rhythm, that's kind of your internal clock of your speed and your pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so when you say athlete, um Do you so you at practice, you see some sprinters or whatever. Do you make the decision there? Hey, she's fast, she 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 might be a good hurdler. Do you take that chance or do you just as she's a sprinter and sprinters, she she's gonna be better at sprints? Mm-hmm. So my question is, how do you make that decision? You see what I'm saying? Man, it's I, a, I look at you. I look at you from the beginning of practice. Uh-huh. I'm seeing who's having trouble stretching. You get what I mean? Uh-huh. If you're having if you're having trouble stretching, I'm stretching, then I'm like, okay, maybe maybe hurting won't be a good fit for you yet. You get what uh-huh. I mean? Because we yeah. do need to be flexible. We gotta have coordination, things of that nature. Uh, if I see someone who's a really good sprinter, uh, it kind of it really just depends. A lot yeah, of times I'm looking for the athlete who's asking me to hurdle. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Because gotcha. it's something that you got to want to do. Uh-huh. And you can't be afraid of getting off the ground. 
especially for my young men, where when we get out of high school and we're hurdling 39 and I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't a short hurdler. I was a long hurdler. So I only, I did the 400 hurdles, mm-hmm. but uh, when you're hurdling 39 inches in high school and you get to college day one, you on 42s, like you had, you, you know, we're off the ground for a nice, a nice little second. Um, so I'm looking for, I'm looking for hurdlers who I'm looking for kids who want to hurdle kids who, um, have a nice speed background, good form, mm-hmm. uh, not tripping over their own feet. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, um, show some of those characteristics. Um, so I, I don't know anything about hurdles, coach. Okay. Uh, but I do hear out there, um, you know, I practice, a, I, I hear trail leg. I hear steps in between the, in between the hurdles. Mm-hmm. Um, go over some of that. What What's a good trail leg? What's a good technique on the steps between the hurdles? Mm-hmm. So uh, when I teach hurdling, there's, there's a lot of different uh, concepts to it, right? Uh-huh. So as far as your legs are concerned, you have your lead leg and you have your trail leg. Of course, the lead leg is the first leg that's going to come over the hurdle, and the trail leg is the, literally the leg that trails trails behind you as you're going over. Okay. Uh, I always teach my lead leg to lead with your knee, right? A lot of athletes want to go up with their straight leg. I tell mm-hmm. them now you are begging for hamstring issues. The first mm-hmm. thing that, that should go up on my lead leg is my knee. Uh, my, I always teach a high and tight trail leg, meaning I want my trail leg to come high to my armpit. Mm-hmm. I want it to get around. And, I, and I'm a type of coach where I make things as elementary as possible, right? Uh-huh. So I want to come high to my armpit. I want to get around to the front, so 12 o'clock. And once my knee is at 12 o'clock, I want to drop it down under my hips. Um, for the 110 hurdles or the 100 hurdles, you want to take three steps in between hurdles. Okay. I see a lot of, um, and I have, I've had the pleasure of the last three years to coach the middle school district champion in the 100 hurdles. And I see a lot of um, middle school coaches letting kids or just uh, being okay with some kids taking five or four steps in between. Uh-huh. From, the, from day one, you come to me, we are moving towards a three-step. Because that's that's what it has to be. Uh, the difference between three step, four step, five step, uh, in a simple way, if you take odd number steps, meaning three, you're uh-huh. gonna stay on your same leg. If you take an even number of steps, four, it causes the hurdler to switch legs. We don't want to switch legs in the one ten hurdles. We want to stay on the same leg, uh, so we take three steps. Hmm. Right, that's so. Coach, I need you to get me ready for the Masters. You think you can do that? You think I? Be- <laughs> look, man, look, we, hey, look, I do free consultations. You say no, man. No, no, you, you ain't ready. You ain't ready. <laughs> uh, let's see here where we at. Uh, so for the uh, young athletes, uh, just say the mil- the the uh, middle schoolers, like the eighth graders. Uh, what should they focus on? Well, let's say seven, eight graders uh, on on sprints and hurdles. Uh, what should they fo- be focusing on uh, technique wise before their uh, freshman year? 
Where are some uh, things? You want you want to really you want to really focus on your on your drills. Drills are very important. I tell my athletes all the time, drills is just a very, very, very slow run. If I can't do it slow, I can't do it fast. If if I'm doing something slow and it's and it's not all together and it's not perfect, it's not gonna be perfect when I speed it up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, for my hurdlers, um, specific specifically, I would definitely say focus on hurdle drills. Get things together at a slow point, and uh, just focus on that craft and being as clean as possible. Um, Hitting a hurdle is not the is not always the end of the world. You get what I mean? Yeah. But it makes life a lot easier when you can be clean over the hurdle, get everything where it needs to be, and understand that when you hit the hurdle, something went wrong. And just being mm-hmm. able to uh get back to the get back to the root of that and being able to fix it. Because any hurdle coach will tell you, or any hurdler will tell you, we fix things in drills. If I have a hurdler and they have um, their timing is off on their lead arm or uh-huh. or their timing is off on their trail leg or anything like that, I immediately go back to a drill to help uh, to help drill that in. And then we go back on the track to execute it. But drills are drills are key. Yeah. 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 Hey, guys, uh, for the young athletes that's listening, make sure y'all are focusing on those drills um when you have free time you can go in the backyard you can go in the front yard where wherever you need to go you can do them in your bedroom some of them yeah um because uh once you hit that high school it's it's another level it's, it's different <laughs> and the thing it's is, another level coach yeah and the thing is from each level right so from middle school when you leave eighth grade and you go into high school for most athletes, now you have those few incoming freshmen that come in and they just ready to roll, right? But for most athletes, the change of pace is just different. And it's like, oh my God, what's going on? It can be a culture shock. And even when you get to college, the change of pace is different. You may outside of you know, outside of Texas, where I believe there's some of the the best athletes ever, in my opinion. And I'm not from here, so don't be mad at me, all my, my people from Memphis, Tennessee. I know we got we got some dogs too, but man, these athletes here in Texas, they're they're amazing. But you can go to college, and it's gonna it's a whole nother pace from what you yeah. just did in high school, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I tell everybody, um, especially hurdlers, go on my page. Uh, of course, now during championship season and in season. A lot of my stuff is result-based, so I'm always posting what my athletes are doing. But during the off-season, August, all that, I put tons of drills on my page. And I'm not against anybody asking me how I set the drill up or how do I, um, how do I coach that drill or the cues to it. Ask, DM me, send me a message. I'll help you any way I can. Yeah, no, hey, Coach, uh, when you start putting those drills out or whatever, just tag me to it. I'm yeah. sure I get it out. And uh, y'all y'all holler at Coach if y'all, y'all have questions about, you know, what he has going on. Um, what's your feel on cross country for hurdlers and sprinters? All right, so 
I am a product of cross country. <laughs> yeah. But no. I was I was I was a strength runner, meaning I ran I was a 400 300 mm-hmm. hurdle 800 guy, right? Uh-huh. I could run a good 800. I could also go down and run a nice 200 too. But um where where I'm from, I didn't play football. So I ran track in in the preseason for track. I did my private training and I ran cross country just to get in shape. Now being on the coaching side of it, I I don't think cross country is necessary for all athletes just because you have you have these uh summer coaches or private hurdle trainers like myself where we take you all through August. I go to yeah, I go fall training. Yeah, fall training. Yeah. I go to yeah. four or five indoor meets and we're actually working on our craft. Now yeah. so for some kids, cross country helps. But I don't think it's uh, as necessary as it may have been when I was coming up. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah, I, I don't like. I say my opinion don't matter. Let me just put that. <laughs> I'm not a coach. I'm taking that down. I'm not a coach. Um, but yeah, I, I think like the sprinters and hurdlers, and you know, I, it'd be some good training in fall. You know, yeah. Was- get stronger and that's when you get a lot faster right i have seen some sprinters run across country and then still come back and they still where they they still where they need to be yeah so different, another, strokes for different folks exactly and <laughs> another thing it depends on the kid you know it, it, it depends on the kid as well what do you think it because you know every probably about 98 percent of the track field kids they want to be olympian they want to go right. to olympics that, that's what they said um what do it take? What do you think it takes to be an Olympian? Man, I saw I saw that question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, I've never been an Olympian. I tried my hardest, but it just yeah. it wasn't for me. At some point, I just I hit I hit my numbers. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, but I I have some teammates that I ran track with in college who uh, I have one who actually did run in the uh, Olympics for the Philippines. And uh-huh. I have a few um, old teammates who ran very high in the pro circuit. And I think um, it takes hard work. It, ta- it yeah. takes a lot of skill, a lot of talent, a lot of hard work. It takes it takes not wanting to take no for an answer. Because uh, as we all know, as track athletes, you have those – those spells of why am I not running as fast as I usually been? You get what I mean? Uh, You just have to be able to get through that being mentally strong, physically strong. Uh, I'm a person that believes uh, luck does, does play a role in anything that we do. Everybody needs a little luck. Nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? Uh, But more than anything, just take somebody who has that skill and not only do they have their skill, but they have the willpower and work ethic to match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and like that, men and Olympian is kind of almost like going to the NFL, <clears throat> going yeah. to the NFL, or going to the NBA. It's rare, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, when I bring athletes on the show, I always tell them that um, that's why it's important. You get into a good school that has good academics, so you can get your degree. Um, just in case it don't work out. You still had that degree. And I also tell them a lot of, because I know some pro athletes, a lot of these pro athletes, they got full-time jobs. They go practice after work. You're right. talking about practice, 
<laughs> they be yeah, tired. Especially in track. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 be tired. They they go to work, they go to practice, and some of them coaching. They some of them coaching too. Then they have to go coach. Right. So it's it it is it, it's, it's tough, but it can be achievable. But you need to also make sure you have a backup plan with your academic, with your career, just so you can know what you're doing. Just don't pick any college to go to. Make sure the academics match the athletic program right. on what you want to be, you know. Uh, but hey, you can do it though. You can it's yeah. possible with hard work, coach. You know, yes, it's possible. Uh coach, give them your uh social media handles and if you need to shout out anybody else go ahead uh, it's all yours perfect man i'm on uh i'm on instagram and facebook uh at hurdlenomics h-u-r-d-l-e-n-o-m-i-c-s both that's the same on instagram and uh facebook uh i want to shout out everyone who has supported my brand um coming up from me just having one athlete to now I have about 12 to 15 athletes under my brand. Uh, I just want to thank everyone who supported me. All of my athletes, I'm not going to try to say all 15 of y'all names because I'm going to miss somebody and y'all going to be in the <laughs> at practice. But I want all y'all to just know, just keep working, keep grinding hard. I've grinded to get to where I am, and I know you're going to keep grinding as well. Hey, Coach, that's some good stuff. Um, like I say, anytime you want to come on the show, you want to talk track, just hit me up. We, yes, we'll get back. We'll get back at it. I definitely enjoyed you on the show. Um, hey guys, like like Coach said, hey, y'all go follow him on Instagram. Y'all go follow him on Facebook. Yeah, I mean, of course, in my hurdlers. Or if you need, are you taking any new athletes right now? Or yeah, yeah, I currently, I am currently open to uh, new athletes, especially for my fall program. My fall program uh, starts in August. The way that program goes is from August all the way up until your um, high school track starts. We start from the very beginning. I don't care how good the athlete is. We start from the basics and we just clean everything up. We work on our rhythm. We work on patterns. Uh, And then we do about four indoor meets uh, each year. We went to Texas A&M this year. I had a few athletes go down to Texas Tech. We did U of H uh, this upcoming uh, season. Um, I'm looking forward to going to University of Nebraska and University of Arkansas. I tell you what, I went down to that Tech, Texas Tech indoor track. Is, it's ooh, nice. It, it's nice. Yeah, it is nice. Hey, guys, there you have it. Y'all can go follow me on. Wait, first thing you need to do is go to YouTube and smash that subscribe button you can also follow me there um then go to facebook go to instagram go to twitter also follow me there guys hey coaches trainers you want to come on the show just drop me a message i'll get back with you you got athletes you want to get on here just just send me a message all right um we're going to get out of here coach Noel. thank you once again for coming on the show yes and, sir thanks hey, for having me hey good luck to your athletes too all right, good luck, to all, good, good luck to all you athletes. Hey, guys, thanks for watching the show. We'll catch you later. Take a strike that out. Peace.